Welcome back to Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. I'm David Brown, Pinnacle Associate and founding pastor of The Welcome Table in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And I'm Rhonda Blevins, Pinnacle Associate and pastor of Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. Today on the pod, we continue season two and our conversation about coming back after COVID. So far, we've talked about reconnecting with one another. We've talked about the need for debriefing our experience. Uh, We've talked about kind of sorting our experience. What have we learned that maybe we can toss out? What do we need to keep? And today we're talking about choosing a growth mindset. Yeah, I think that's a huge topic when it comes to facing challenges and adaptive change. And I'm really grateful that our special guest today is Reverend Kathy Pickett, the senior pastor of Prairie Baptist Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. Yeah, it's just right outside of Kansas City. And Kathy is leading her church through the reshape process based on the book by Mark Tidsworth that we're walking through. The book is called Reshape, Emerging Church Practice in a Volatile World. Right, and Kathy has been a part of the lectionary group that you and I lead together. It's been great fun getting to know Kathy through that. For sure. I'm looking forward to hearing your interview with Kathy. So let's talk about choosing a growth mindset. Well, Rhonda, today our topic is choosing a growth mindset all under the umbrella of how are we coming back from COVID and engaging in these reshaped conversations. And I'll have to admit that Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, is on my bookshelf. I've talked about it many times. I think I even have digested and practiced some of the things that she writes about. But truthfully, I have never read the book. So I'll just admit that, put that out there in front of the world and uh, (laughs) admit that I don't know as much as I'd like to think I know about this. But having a growth mindset just seems extremely important for not only being a pastor, not only leading through COVID, but just being a human being in a changing world. Well, I'll admit that I don't even have it on my bookshelf, so (laughs) you're a step ahead of me. I haven't read it. I've heard you guys, uh, some of you guys talk about it, and especially uh, Mark Tidsworth talking about it, but I have not read the book. I do think that choosing a growth mindset is kind of, in my mind, a make it or break it mentality for church leaders. We are at a critical juncture for churches. I mean, the the narrative is already kind of a narrative of decline. And then enter COVID-19, right? So if we don't have some um, truly, I don't know, optimistic Leaders in our churches, I I think that narrative of decline is going to make its way home to some of our churches. But let me ask you, David, do you think it's, is it just optimism or is it something more, something deeper than that? Yeah, I guess in in my mind, optimism is a a good quality or or word to associate with a growth mindset. I, I think openness is also another word that could be applied there. It seems like the the categories are a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And right. the idea of having a fixed mindset while everything in the world is changing mm. so rapidly around us just seems like a recipe for disaster. So to me, that sense of openness, I think optimism comes with it. The sense of of wanting to be an active, engaged learner, even as we are leaders, 
So I think that idea of the leader as a learner and not as the person who already has all the answers, I think that's critical. And when we're talking about a growth mindset, I don't think we're just talking about numeric growth, although I do think that's a part of it. But I wonder what other, you know, facets of church life could we think about growth? We think of spiritual growth, obviously numerical growth. Are are there others that I I'm not I haven't named other than those two? Hmm. I think that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever really thought about it in that way. Um yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, the idea of how do we how do we measure spiritual growth? How do we measure church growth? What are the metrics that we use? And maybe there's some other aspects of growth. You know, maybe one measure of that would be are we actively experimenting? Are we willing to sort of put ideas out there as church leaders, as churches as a whole? Are we willing to try new things knowing that a certain number of them are going to fail and, you know, kind of fall to the sideline? And then some of them we're going to learn from and they're going to succeed and they're going to move us forward toward our mission. So growth, I think, could also be growth into the pathway that God is calling us, whatever whatever pathway of faithfulness that is. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. As you were talking, I was kind of thinking about health and vitality. I think that ebbs and flows in church life. There are seasons where we're a little healthier, a little more vital, and and that's just a natural kind of progression in church life. But I wonder if we can think about growth in terms of vitality. I know right now in my church, we're kind of making some big plans. And at, when you make big plans, there's sometimes big pushback. Um, and so we're kind of you know navigating those waters. But one of the things that I'm talking to church leaders about is you know, is a need to kind of show the world that we are a vital, active, energized, and engaged church. And and I think that's part of church health, and it's certainly part of, you know, it's certainly a growth mindset. I always think about the verse from Romans 12, I think it is, when it comes to this idea of a growth mindset. And I know that Dweck's work doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the religious life or the life of faith. You know, Paul's talking about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the follow-up to that is that that then you'll be able to do all the good work. Then you'll be able to, to live into the will of God for you. So to me, that idea of the spirit renewing our mind and not being locked into some old way of thinking. You know, maybe that's the way to to sort of ground this in our scripture and tradition and to to use a resource that is rooted in the Christian faith in order to move forward into uncharted territory. Yeah, thanks for dropping some biblical context there for us. I think that's a great segue to introduce our guest. What about you? Sure. Let's hear from Kathy. Kathy Pickett. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for joining us on Pastor Life Podcast today. So glad that you're here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Kathy, why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about the parish where you serve as pastor? I serve at Prairie Baptist Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. And the congregation is a 70-year-old, right at 70 years old congregation located in a fairly 
a suburban white collar neighborhood, but uh, a neighborhood that is very interested in being socially active and changing a lot of perceptions about who they are and what they're all about. And uh, But the church itself is an American Baptist congregation who is very missionally minded and um, does a lot of good work in the community and around the globe. That sounds wonderful. And your church is currently going through the reshape process. You're one of the first churches to participate in the reshape process. You're in the first cohort, if you will. What yeah. was involved in um, making that decision and, and maybe even who was involved from your church in making the decision to participate in the reshape process? For us, it was a little chaotic, which uh, oh. was okay since it was a year of chaos last year. But uh, I had been sending uh, emails saying I was interested in being a part of the reshape process, but did not know they were not getting through. So um, on a on a Monday morning, Ursula Harrison and Andrew Jackson at Central and at and Pinnacle, who are partnering together, contacted me and said, "Hey, would you guys want to be a part of this?" And I'm like, "Yes, uh, I've been trying to." tell you that. And, uh, so we talked about it and they filled me in what it would look like and, and shared that they were going to get things going within the next month. And so I had to quickly contact our, uh, moderator who, uh, oversees our, what is now our guidance team, church guidance team, formerly church council. And um, just said, I really think we okay. need to do this. And um, what do you think? And we just ran it by uh, the guidance team real quickly in an email and then just said yes. So it was a pretty quick turnaround to agree for all for us to, to agree to do it. Gotcha. So, well, yeah. well, that's interesting. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and by Central, you're talking about Central Baptist Theological Seminary, right? Out of yes. Shawnee, Kansas. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so during this season of Pastor Life Podcast, we're talking, you know, about the book Reshape by Mark mm-hmm. Titsworth. And we're kind of walking through the book chapter by chapter, tracking the steps in the reshape process. And so here on the pod, we've already talked about the reconnecting part of the process, debriefing our experience. We've talked about sorting our progress. And today we're talking about the chapter in Mark's book called Choosing a Growth Mindset. And um, sometimes churches have limiting self-perceptions, right? And even sometimes we as pastors have perceptions about our churches that may be limiting, that that can serve to undermine the growth, not not just numerically, but spiritually and other ways as well. So are there ways in which your congregation has surprised you over these past 13, 14 months during the COVID crisis? Yes, and in really uh, wonderful ways. They have surprised me about how quickly they were willing to adapt and uh, figure out how to use technology so that we could at least see one another on Zoom. We created a fellowship hour for Zoom, and we've had a faithful group of folks on every week 
Um, they surprised me when they said they wanted to do communion during that time every week as a Baptist congregation. That's not a usual thing to do, but they really, they found comfort in that and community in it. I've been surprised at how quickly Sunday school groups were and small groups were uh, able to uh, figure out how to continue doing uh, Bible study, other studies, uh, and and continue connecting on their own and realizing that they didn't have to stay with the same time frame and all of that. We've also, uh, during this as Mark says, volatile season of life, continued finding ways to educate ourselves about racism, um, our youth, many of our youth, and then uh, the community, Prairie Village, participated in um, silent marches related to George Floyd and Black Lives Matter movement. And so I think I've just been surprised at the ways, how quickly they were able to adapt and and move. And then um, how they embraced actually going through the reshape process. Um, Everyone who has participated loved it, thought it was fantastic for the season of of church life that we're in and and world life that we're in. Yeah, wow. Kind of along with that, did they surprise themselves with yes. some of this adaptive change? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They've yeah. been surprised um, at themselves and also with how quickly staff figured out how to do worship and make it available uh, within the first couple of weeks. And because uh-huh. we don't live stream, we were not live streaming. And so we had to quickly figure out how to make that happen just like everyone else and get that word out. And um, so we've surprised each other. I think they're also growing more surprised at their ability to be flexible and committed to one another. One area that has been really surprising for them that has been voiced is uh, how well Everybody has continued to be committed to their stewardship and um, of their tithes and offerings, and and we've done well as a result. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Well, sometimes congregations and even pastors, um, we can hold assumptions that may not be quite accurate. Like, here's an example from my church. There's kind of this assumption, oh, we're just a little beach church. We can't do big things. That's kind of, I feel like that's part of our narrative at the church that I serve. So were there assumptions at play in your church that maybe didn't prove to be accurate over this past year? Yes. So one of them is similar to what I, what I just shared about finances. There was a real, there great concern that folks wouldn't continue to give and what would that look like? And, you know, would people drop out so those were some of the assumptions and that we would lose people. And mm-hmm. instead, what we're learning is that our folks are really committed to this community, to being church with one another and with their surrounding communities. And then um, that we can do hard things 
and live in the chaos and deal with things that are, have to be unanswered because there were a lot of things we didn't have answers for. Yeah. Mark talks about how sometimes we have a self-perception and churches have a church perception mm-hmm. <laughs> related to the self-perception mm-hmm. and, and that choosing a growth mindset is about letting go of those fixed perceptions, kind of remaining malleable. So what are the signs, what are your hopes about your congregation's ability to remain malleable after, you know, as we're coming out of COVID Mm -hmm. and continuing Mm -hmm. to choose a growth mindset in a world in which, let's face it, you know, volatile events seem to be occurring more and more frequently? Yes, yes. Um, Well, we had an interesting uh, challenge with that just recently as we are uh, beginning to transition back to a a gathered worship time. However, because of our, our property is undergoing a huge overhaul, which involves the parking lot. So we the first uh, six weeks, we are gathering at the park in a pavilion that we have rented. But the time had to be different than the usual worship service time. And uh, one of our groups was really challenged by that, that it wasn't going to be, they couldn't do Sunday school at nine o'clock. And so we finally said, okay, you know, let us know what you need to do and uh, we'll figure out our side of it. But I do want to encourage you to remember, we still need to be very flexible during this time. And so um, as a result of that, they, you know, met as a class on Zoom and decided that they could change their time and then sent an email and said, look, we could do this. We can be flexible. We could change. So I'm hoping that uh, that mentality continues as uh, as we move back in as part of the transition. But as far as the future goes, to recognize that this things are not going to look the same, to be flexible about counting heads in the pews. Uh, we know that we have a growing population of folks who are joining us online, and that is meeting their needs. And so the folks who show up each Sunday will be different. We are also learning that as a result of that, there are three different family groups who have contacted us and said they want to join us once we're back in the sanctuary that will be our guests. They've been kind of like a second campus And uh, so I'm hoping that uh, mentality of imagination and creativity and flexibility continues uh, to be a part of moving us forward. Yeah. Now, where are you in the reshape process? What kind of step or phase are you in? Mm -hmm. We have finished the whole eight weeks, and we are now in the correlating of all the information, all the feedback from all the groups who participated. Uh, And the first round of information was just sent out in our newsletter, just letting folks know, um, here are the responses to the questions here. Here's how they play out in the different, in the five core areas of being church that Mark lays out in the book, worship, discipleship, disciple care, managing assets, and serving our neighbors. That's the first round is 
just getting it out there. There was a little bit of curiosity mixed with, you know, what is this really? And, and what's going to happen with all the responses and who's going to make decisions about it. And so it was important for us to first get that out in a uh, form that folks could see everything. So that that's where we're at right now. And the next step will be going to the church guidance team and sorting through it and, and with a smaller group before we go back to the congregation and say, hey, these are the things we think we really need to look at and uh, work on in some shape or form. Okay. Yeah. Kind of coming back around to the growth mindset concept that Mark lays out, what, what is your role as the pastor in helping a church choose a growth mindset? Like, how do you do that practically to help the church choose this growth mindset? Right. Well, we, I feel like we do have, or we are at an uh, an advantage in the process of reshaping and and choosing a growth mindset the way Mark talks about it, um, because we have prior to this we also engaged with uh, Mark and Ursula Harrison and walked through the um, shift making the shift book that Mark put out. So that really helped us uh, engage and reshape in uh, bigger and better ways, I believe, because we have already done that. So related to your question, how I understand my role as a pastor is to constantly be paying attention to what is uh, moving in the congregation, in the world around us, and uh, paying attention and seeking ways for us to respond. And in doing so, my my role as a leader, as pastor, has really become one more as a seed planter because things are shifting and changing so quickly uh, and folks are finally understanding, yeah, we need to get on board and be, you know, thinking in fresh new ways. Um, so I, I see myself as a seed planter, as you know, when when there is something that really needs to be reshaped, that we use a growth mindset in the way of more, in the way of spiritually in growing in our understanding of what it does mean to be the body of Christ and growing in our ability to respond in fresh new ways. And so the seed planting is taking these, these things that I see and I come to understand and um, begin sharing them. Sometimes the timing is not right. There's a little bit too, too much hesitancy or, but then continue nurturing that even if it's with a smaller group, it doesn't have to be the whole congregation all at once. That's never going to happen. Folks don't like that. But then to also um, give folks space and time to uh, consider things, to process things, to gather together, to think about them and talk about them, and always uh, being an encourager and willing to sit down with somebody and listen to their concerns and what they're, how they're being challenged by it, and 
make sure that there is a really good communication going on. Um, so I see myself as a, as a seed planter of ideas and nurturing that along the way and, and taking time, but also um, coming alongside folks as we are on this journey together and giving them space to, to figure, out, figure it out as well, prayerfully, spiritually, um, using discernment and changing change and helping to change them the mentality that growth is only about numbers. It's bigger than that and requires right. a whole new way. Yeah. I love that metaphor of being a seed planter. And I can almost <laughs> envision you kind of out in a garden, you know, you're working the, the soil and, and you're and you use the language coming alongside. So you don't necessarily see yourself out in front, but, but you are the, the gardener, you are the one planting the seeds. And, you know, it takes a lot to grow a garden, right? It takes the the planting of the seed, but then you have to have some things that are out of your control, right? You have to have right. sun, you have to have rain. And so you're the seed planter and the spirit has has a role in leading the church forward into the future as well. So I, I love I love that image. And yeah, I can totally see you doing that. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for coming on the pod and uh, being a part of the conversation about how we lead adaptive change and how we can kind of come out of this COVID crisis, perhaps stronger, um, different for sure, but maybe stronger even in some ways. Um, and so thanks for the hope and, and some imagery that you've given us to to be an encourager to other pastors as they listen in. So thanks so much, Kathy, for being with us today. Well, that's it for this episode of Pastor Life from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. Be sure and check out our website at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com to learn more about Pinnacle, Pastor Life, or how you can lead your church through the reshape process. And sign up for our weekly e-news with relevant articles and other resources from our team, as well as session notes from this and previous podcasts. Hey, David, what do you think about season two and the interviews we've been doing? Kind of fun, right? Yeah, I've been loving it. You know, not only having those conversations, but getting to hear from some pastors on the ground that are really, uh, you know, up to their ears in this reshaping idea. And how do we how do we come back from COVID? I'm learning a lot. Real life pastors. That's right. I, I guess we're all exercising our growth mindset.